You are now listening to The MILFs Podcast. That's Mothers Intentionally Living for Success. This show is dedicated to bringing you honesty and hopefully some laughs as we discuss parenting, careers, and your everyday life experiences. I'm your host, Beth. the mills podcast it's your favorite milf bev we have a guest today you guys priscilla you there yes i'm here all right y'all priscilla is a good friend of mine also a fellow mother as well if you guys catch the drift of that song it is today's episode is going to be about mother's day we are paying homage to our mother's and I thought happy it was, Mother's Day. Yeah, yeah, happy but I didn't even say that. I'm rude. <laughs> happy Mother's Day um to everyone, all the mothers out there. If you guys haven't said happy Mother's Day to your mother, gave her a hug. If you can't give her a hug, send her a virtual hug or something. Send her a gift. Any little thing, you know, just acknowledge that she is your mother would be wonderful. Um Priscilla, would you like to introduce yourself? All right, sure. So so, um, my name is Priscilla, once again. Um, I said already, um, I am a mother. But you're more than a mother. And what else? Medical. What else? <laughs> you said what? I said, but you're more than a mother. What else? Oh. What am I? Sorry. <laughs> oh, she's in medical school at the oh, same no, time. <laughs> okay. She's yeah, already a, uh, yeah, yeah. And a wife. And what else? A daughter? Well, of course. You're mad. She's also a registered nurse before all of this oh, madness. Yeah, wow, yeah. you really are selling yourself show today. <laughs> Girl, I forget. Yeah, so I've known Priscilla since you were, what year were you in undergrad? I don't even know. I think it was first year. We yeah. used to do all those, like, um, ASA. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I guess reunions. Yeah, basically. But yeah, yeah I've known you for a minute now. Seen her go through, you know, nursing school. She did that. And then she was, you know, a whole BSN. Then she decided, I want to go to medical school. I was like, wow. So, yeah, before, like, I remember when you used to be like, I don't know how you're doing law school and a baby. I used to look at you like, I don't know how she's doing medical school when she already has, you know, such a great job. But now you're doing the damn thing. Um, So we're going to talk about that today. Because I feel like a lot of times people don't realize what mothers do. They think it's, oh, you know, we're just taking care of kids. Um... And, and that is easy. Yes, and that is easy because, of course, we make it look easy and then taking care of the home. 
Because yes, we make it look easy, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of stress. We post, we post the, the cute parts online, but Facts. they don't know what happened behind the scenes. <laughs> Facts. Because to be honest, like if I had, if I show, I feel like if I show everyone what it really is to be a mother, it will scare you people. You people will not want to have kids. <laughs> I know, you're just going to tie your tubes. Exactly. <laughs> like, you, it was scary. And it's funny because my sister, Hillary, she pretty much is kind of like in that, you know, I don't think I want to have children. Like, <laughs> because she gets to see, like, a lot of it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's not, it's not all, you know, roses and, exactly. and sweet candy. It's a lot. So yeah. let's talk about that. Like, how is it? you know now like how does it feel to be a mom before we get into you know how you're balancing medical school balancing being a mom traveling here and there because another thing that y'all don't know about priscilla she has been jumping from one state to the other just you know trying to finish her program yes girl um i feel like motherhood is very rewarding um i feel like it's good it's just you know, the fact that it's medical school, like I'm in medical school and a mother, I feel like it kind of takes away from, you know, the full um, duties of motherhood. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, I feel like I'm not going to complain. Basically, my mom always tells me, stop complaining, stop complaining. Just hold your mouth, you know. So, <laughs> you know, so I'm not going to complain. But I feel like, you know, it's, it's it has its good days and bad days. Let's just say that. Definitely. I, ooh, girls, you are preaching to the choir because that is facts. And it's another thing, like, I really admire you. Like, yes, I have done it. But just seeing you doing it as well and doing it just so perfectly and effortless, effortlessly and flawlessly. And then you still have time to get on Instagram. She said effortlessly. Okay. I mean, that's what it, that's what you I like I know because I'm a mom. I know it's not it's not easy, but the way you make it seem, I'm like I'm so proud of you. And then you still got time to get on Instagram and post cooking, you know, tutorials and stuff cuz Priscilla be cooking, y'all. She stay cook. I feel like you cook every day, if not at least 3 times a week, and I'm like, "All right, let me check her story out because I know she's making a meal." <laughs> Girl, and then I'll get inspiration to make that same meal. I'm like, oh, I want, I want to make that. Yeah, I just feel like, um, you know, just trying to find a balance. Kind of like I feel like um, it's all about, um, I guess, time management. I guess you would call it. Mm-hmm. You know, just figuring out what you want and just doing it. Yes, girl. So when you, because you were in medical school before. Yeah, before you got pregnant. Yeah. So how was that? How was that? Was that always a plan or was it, you know, I'm going gonna... <laughs> to... Okay, so I can I can kind of brief y'all or I guess, I guess give y'all as many background on what, um, like, I guess my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so it all started when I became a nurse. I mean, I, I always knew that I wanted to go to medical school, but... Um, I wanted to go through nursing first. Um, I was getting a lot of discomfort from a lot of people saying, oh, you shouldn't go to nursing. You're never going to go to medical school if you go become a nurse. Mm-hmm. You know, people are always... One thing I want to tell y'all, first of all, before I continue, is that not everybody needs to know your dream. Not everybody facts. needs to know your dream Because not everybody's going to support you in whatever you're trying to do. No, this right? is big facts. This is big facts. That's why I always tell people, you need to move in silence. Don't just be telling everybody every little thing like you can tell them after you've already made it where where you're trying to get to exactly 
Exactly. Not everyone needs to know, you know. So I, I feel like sometimes it seems like I'm an open person, but I'm really not. It just depends on the person, you know, that I'm talking to, you know. So I feel like, um, you know, when I decided to go through nursing school, people there was a lot of discouragement. Oh, just do biology. What are you doing? But, you know, I knew that I saw my, my mom is actually a nurse. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I saw how, like, I can be able to become a nurse and actually practice and get a little little bit of experience, but also take a little bit of classes here and there. Um, So that's kind of what I did. So I I went to nursing school and then like during my like breaks, like summer breaks and winter breaks, I would take classes like biology or chemistry or physics and stuff like that, like during the summer and winter, um, summer and winter breaks. Mm -hmm. So then after that, um, I finished, um, nursing school and I started working as a nurse and I was like literally dragging my feet to go to work every single day and I knew that this is not what I could see myself doing for the next few years um a lot of people ask me like why why did I do um like medical school instead of being a nurse practitioner and that's because mm-hmm. I'm from Houston and like in Houston I just feel like there's like so many nurse practitioners everywhere um, I think it's in the Nigerian community I think just within, oh, probably. I think within the Nigerian <laughs> community it's just a lot of nurses and then even if they're not like you know BSN RN they're always nurse practitioners so it's like it's, exactly. it's just a lot of that so I definitely know where you're coming from yeah and a lot of my like mentors um that were um actually graduating as an FE were having a hard time finding a job. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's like that everywhere, but I know certainly in Texas and Houston, sorry, um, you know, there was a scarcity of jobs. Um, and I didn't want to like, you know, later on in life have to start going back to school after having like four or five, you know, mm-hmm. so I was just like, you know what, let me just get it over with. So I was like, I took, I actually like, while I was in nursing school, I actually took my first MCAT and didn't do well. <laughs> Um, so I was just like, oh, okay. So I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to the Caribbean. I'm not about to take this exam again and wait again. And, you know, so my impatient, but went to the islands. Um, and I did basically my school has, um, you do like two years there. So I did two years and then you have an option of passing this comprehensive exam that very, very few people pass, mm-hmm. um, in order to like leave the Caribbean. So, um, Long story short, my like towards the my last semester of my two years on the island, I ended up getting pregnant, um, and I was just like, "Oh my god, what the hell?" <laughs> because like I have to take that comprehensive exam in order to pass to get off the island. If not, I'm be having a little Caribbean baby in the little Caribbean hospital, and I was not right. about that life, you know. Well, so, I feel like we just skipped the point, y'all. Priscilla planned the whole wedding while she was in oh, yeah. school. Plan a whole wedding and got married. In medical school. Let's not skip that part because that, okay, that's so, very important. So that was that was after my my first year. Mm-hmm. Um, my, no, sorry, after my third semester. So this like was a twenty-five years. This was 2017, 2018, 2017. Yeah, tw- twenty eighteen. No, twenty eighteen. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So I had a wedding. Um, I was then, there, y'all. It was lit. It was lit. <laughs> It was it. That was like one of my favorite weddings of all time. Oh, thank you, girl. That that wedding was a mess. We might talk about weddings and give advice on how much to spend and all that crap. Don't later. worry, that would be an episode. Weddings are a rip off. <laughs> it 
it's a rip off, I tell you. So, um, fast forward. So like I had to like I was faced to like take this comprehensive exam that like very, 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 very few people make it. Um, and so basically I ended up passing the exam. Like like let me tell you, girl, that that semester was like the worst semester ever because I would wake up, I would vomit. Like, I would have massive headaches, and I would still have to get up and go and take my exam. I would be crying to my mom on the phone, like, how am I going to make it? I don't even think I realized that you were in the Caribbean at this time during your pregnancy. Yes, I was in the Caribbean for five months. Yeah, I can't even imagine, like, being in a whole other, you know, country, basically. Yeah, but myself, like, it was just crazy. It was just crazy, bro. Like, I was just, it was crazy. Like, you know how, you know, morning sicknesses and everything. It was just a mess. And then having to get up and go take my exams. And I ended up passing, you know, with A's and B's. Like, I did not make any C. And I was just like, wow, this is only God, you know. And, like, I ended up passing, long story short, I ended up passing the exam to leave the island um, and go back to America. So I was like, I was actually able to give birth in America, thank God. Um, so, yeah. So, so fast forward from the Caribbeans, um, I came to America and um, I was able to take my step exam, eight months pregnant. That's my first board exam, eight months pregnant, and did okay. Wow. <laughs> I because that step one is what Dex is about to take this summer. So I'm like, you did that while you were pregnant, girl. Girl, yep. I think it was like a nine-hour exam, and Elisha was just kicking this is and rolling. This and is, this is what we said when we talk about having favor, you know, because favor isn't fair. This is favor because it's not easy. Like pregnancy within itself is not easy. So to have to study for a step one exam because I'm watching Dex like literally study every day from morning to <laughs> night, and to do that while you're pregnant and you have morning sickness, morning sickness. So when you were talking about that, I actually didn't go through that whole like early stage of pregnancy when women have yeah i did not have morning sickness or any of that my my pregnancy generally speaking was smooth the only problem that i had during my pregnancy was the round ligament pain like that those three days i had it yes that girl when i say i've always and look i was bedridden because i've always had um like serious and really really bad cramps all my life like since i started my period but when i say that round ligament pain I would rather have the severe cramps that I have during my period than have that that pain. Girl, like, it's like no other. It's as if somebody is ripping you apart. I'm just like, what is this? No, seriously. I would just like ball up in my bed and just like. Sis, that's exactly. Know? I was just fighting myself in my bed. Just the kind that pain is. Just thinking about it now, I'm like, Mm-mm, I never want to go back. Girl. Like that's what that's what I'm trying to say when we talk about like pregnancy is not easy, being a mother is not easy. The kinds of things that you go through even before the child is here because you're going through it like some more once the baby is here. Like it's, it's you're still oh, not yeah. coasting. But just the pregnancy within itself, like the pains that you go through. Um another thing that I did have was I get hot flashes every now and then and then heartburn. Heartburn was oof. I know. I never had it in my life until I was pregnant and that kind of pain. I was like, so this is what people go through when they're having heartburn? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Girl, like, mm. pregnancy is not easy. It's not, but you did it. So you, you took the step ones and then you passed it. 
Yeah, then I passed it. Um, then I started my rotations, but I had a little bit of a delay um, because of the fact that they wanted me to, me to take this varicella shot. Like, they saw that, like, I guess I didn't have enough, like, titers or whatever for varicella. And, like, the thing is that I was pregnant, so I couldn't take varicella you know, um, which is like a live vaccine, basically like a chicken pox vaccine. Mm. Um, and like pregnant people can't take that because it can harm the baby. Right. So I had a little bit of a delay, but thankfully my gynecologist was able to write, um, to the hospitals and the hospitals were able to like, um, um, permit me basically to mm-hmm. start my rotations, um, without the vaccine, thankfully. So, um, so yeah, besides that, um, so it just started, like, this whole journey. Like, the Caribbean is just, oh, my God. So, like, the way my school is is just that, you know, in order, like, if you want to stay in one place, like, say, for instance, I say I want to just stay in Georgia, right? Like, if they don't have the availability for you to do it back-to-back, then yeah. you you will probably have, like, one clinical rotation, skip two months or three months, have another mm-hmm. clinical rotation. And I didn't want to do that. I'm trying to finish as soon as possible. Like, I don't have time to just be waiting around, you know what I'm saying? So, so let's talk about um, the Caribbean because, you know, like, like the, the there's that stereotype like oh if this person goes out to the caribbean for medical school it's going to be difficult for them like they're not really a serious doctor so like with your journey would you have done it the same way again or would you recommend to those who are because there are there are a lot of people that i know who are trying to go into medical school or get to medical school um later on in life and I've had a lot of people tell me, you know, I could just go to the Caribbean and get it out of the way, but there's this, this, that, and the third. So what is your advice for that? <laughs> you heard that? Like, I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I would advise to just try your best to stay in America. Um, if you don't, as your last resort, you can go to the Caribbean. People told me this, and I feel like sometimes you don't really get it until you're in it you know what I'm saying like you don't really understand the degree of things until you're in it and um you know like people don't really go into detail as to why and um I feel like that's why people just say okay whatever I'm gonna go to the Caribbean you know what I'm saying um so like I don't know how it is in America, but uh, from a Caribbean standpoint and from an AUA standpoint, I don't know what other, um, you know, what other Caribbean schools are like, but um, I would say that going to the Caribbean, first of all, you're going to be away from your family. You're going to be in a whole other country um, where you have to basically fight through medical school. My first, I think my, my first semester, we were about like, I think 300 to 400 and we dropped to like 200 or so after my first year. Um, yeah, about 200 or 150, something like that. And some of that included actually like people that failed, you know, from other semesters. So it's crazy. And like the way like our curriculum, um, changed like in the middle of my two years there and it changed to like the fact that you you have to do a whole year of medical school before you, I guess, kind of know if you failed or passed. And if you don't pass, like after one year, then you have to repeat the whole year. Instead of like repeating a semester, you have to repeat a whole year. Wow. So people were really, because since I was the last set, people were really scared about that because if they go into the new curriculum, it's kind of like, okay, if I fail, I have to go back a whole year instead of a whole semester. Mm-hmm. So it was really, really intense. Um, 
being there. Sometimes we didn't have light. I, I was there during the hurricane. You yeah, know, we were, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, like, girl, like, back-to-back hurricanes, you know, and, you know, there's bugs everywhere. <laughs> sorry. I hated my experience in the Korean. I'm sorry. Yeah, so I mean, just listening, <laughs> just listening to you, like, explain it, because I've never heard you explain it like this. Um, I... Yeah, I'm just, I'm not, before going to the uh, the Caribbean for medical school, I just feel like it's a lot of unnecessary stress. Like, I get it. I really understand, you know, the drive and people have always wanted to be a doctor all their lives and all of that. However, I feel like, I feel like if you really just put the time, the effort and the work into, you know, passing the MCAT or, you know, getting a good score on the MCAT, taking all the classes that you need to do medical school in the United States, it'll just save you a lot of stress. Um, And again, this is coming from a fellow mother and, you know, I'm now done with law school. So I feel like I can talk about it. Yes, I didn't go to medical school, but I feel like I can still at least say like there are stressors that I feel like we can avoid in life, but we choose not to. um, Like you said, whether it be, you know, you're being impatient Um, And I feel like that's really a lot of it. A lot of it is just being impatient. And, you know, we're ready for right now. We're like, we have to make our goals right now because my friend and that's that's the problem with comparing yourself to, you know, friends and stuff like that. Because I know I have done that um, just with my journey, seeing like people who I came into law school with and they had graduated, you know, semester before I did um, some a year before I did. And I was just like, damn, that should have been me Um, had I not, you know, taken this time off, had I not this, that and the third. But that's dangerous because you might have had to, like, I strongly believe I had to go through what I had to go through and delay um, or what I felt was like, you know, a delay in my mind. I had to go through all those things to get to where I'm at now. And I would not have been, I don't think I would have been as successful um, just in law school and just, you know, in life in general had I done it at my own time or that timeline that, you know, I had planned. Like, it's really not at least for me, um, it's not in my control. I'm like, I leave everything up to God. If I'm being moved this way, that's the way that I need to be going. Not trying to force, you know, this, this straight and narrow road. That's really not for me. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with you. You know, like it, it, it just reminds me of like that quote that's like, a man plans, but God laughs, you know? Yes. We can do as much planning as we can, but, you know, God's way and his will will prevail, you know? Because God got jokes, man. He has jokes. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I have had, I have laughed way too much um, in life, but I'm grateful because I can laugh at it and not, you know, be angry or upset or fall into depression. Um, Times where I could have fell into depression because I have been there. I have been through times where it's like I really thought depression was going to you know end my life but glory to God we are here today I'm here today Priscilla's here today so let's talk about it let's talk about you know we you kind of touched on pregnancy a little bit let's talk about you know having a whole child a whole human being Before we do that, I just wanted to mention a couple more things. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, go ahead. Like, to consider, though, mm-hmm. um, like, on a serious note, like, being away from family, the expensive flight tickets from Houston, I had to pay about a 1000 round trip each time what? I went to, yeah, 
So each time I went there, like, I had to pay about... Wait, I'm sorry. So, like, the school, there's no, like, the school doesn't help with that at all? No, girl. (laughs) And then, like, tell me why, like, when I started, when I started, my tuition was... Uh, my tuition and fees and everything was 20000 a year, which is extremely high compared to, like, places like UTMB, where maybe it's, like, 5000 or 10000 right. So that's, like, almost double. And now, right now, currently I'm talking to you, is 40000 You know, Jesus. so I'm just like, look, I'm not trying to take no breaks. I'm trying to push through. I had a C-section, girl, and I was ready to start rotations as soon as possible. You know what I'm saying? So that's how much I wanted to just be done you get what I'm saying because it's like everything is always changing I told you about the new curriculum and stuff like that a lot of stuff was like self-taught like you have to teach yourself um a lot of the times um but why is it that it's so expensive so that's my thing like why why would people even want to go that route when it's so much more expensive than just staying in the United States I mean I feel like people go that route because the thing is, like, like a lot of people that I've spoken to, like, sometimes they're, they're deep, they did amazing on MCAT, but it's like their GPA is so low because mm. they party throughout uh, college and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, GPA is something that you work four years for. It's not like you can change it overnight. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, should I go to master's and try and fix my GPA for another how many years and get loans? Right. Should I just go into the Caribbean that's going to accept me? You know what I'm saying? So I think also like- on top of that, I think also um, I see this more with minority students, so like blacks, you oh, know, yeah, Asians, sure. <laughs> Indians. I see this a lot with minorities because, you know, like I was pre-med um, most of my undergrad career. I literally just decided to switch like my last Second to last, no, my third year. So my second semester, um, third year, I had just decided to switch. But I remember, like, I had great, I had really, really good grades at TCU, especially, like, all of my biology courses because I was a biology major for so long. Um, But going to, I think it was, I forgot, I think it's AED. It's like the medical school organization or whatever. So I was a part of it. And... I went to see my advisor. I saw two advisors and one professor and they each were, you know, trying to push me to a different career. You know, maybe you should look into nutrition. That was one thing. Um, Maybe you should look into, you know, um, possibly PA school. But if that doesn't work out, you know, TCU has a great nursing program. And I wanted to go to medical school at that point, but they were not. They just were not seeing it. Mind you, I had the grades for it. I had the grades for it. All I need to do is take the MCAT. um, And then, of course, I still had, you know, other courses to complete. But at that point, I feel like it was there was no encouragement from my own team, you know, the advisors that they tell you to go to. So it was like, damn, no matter I, I'm, it doesn't matter how good I am on paper. Y'all are literally not going to believe in me. And that was a thing that I saw and I still see till this day, like a lot of schools do not you know, it's not even catering to minority students. They just don't care. And they just really don't believe that, you know, this person can go to medical school. Same thing with law school. Like even me being in law school, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of hidden racism that's not really well hidden, um, especially towards black students. And it's like, they don't expect you to succeed. So they don't even waste their time you know, telling you that you you shouldn't be waiting until your final year to apply for a job. That's one thing um, that I, that hit me really hard while I was in law school. You should be applying, you know, your second year in law school that summer. 
they don't tell minority students that because they just feel like, well, I'm not going to waste my time. You know, they're not qualified regardless of what your grades are. So it's a lot of that. I feel like schools really do not consider the fact that they are not doing their job for all of their students, especially their minority students. And TCU was a majority white school. Exactly. They they did not give a damn about their black students. When I was there, um, they were, they're doing a little better now, but it's, it's still not like it's, I don't feel like it's ever going to be where it needs to be. There's always still that, especially because TCU depends a lot on like its donors. A lot of its donors are white. They're going to want to cater to and please their donors. So it's like, they'll do the bare minimum for their black students, especially. And that's literally what's been going on. So it's really not that much better. Um, I mean, I've talked about them being in the news because there's there are professors who are harassing um, a black female student. So yeah, girl. And I, that's why I can see like with those who are deciding, you know, I have to go to a Caribbean school to, you know, be a doctor because they haven't had support in their own lives. And that stuff is traumatizing. Yep. Especially they're trying to like push forward and people there's so many so much negativity around, you know, you're not gonna make it, you're not gonna make it. Exactly. So, I feel like the Caribbean is kind of a way out, but then I just feel like people need to be aware of what comes with it. Because sometimes like people go to the Caribbean and they lose themselves because the Caribbean is so much to do, there's so many parties and stuff like that. There's few people that can balance it, but then there's a lot of people that go there and just like forget. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they're, that they're actually here for a mission. And like the thing is that like in the Caribbean like okay like when it goes to like residency residency for people that don't know is like something that you have to do after medical school that would allow you to practice so somebody can graduate and become a medical doctor but if they don't go through residency they won't be able to practice oh I've seen it I've seen it um yeah I've seen quite a bit of people I think this was like last year the class of um, 2019 and 2018 uh there was a couple of people that I saw like yes they graduated med school but they didn't match to, to for a residency, and I was just like, yes. Exactly. And yeah, I, I can't, I can't even imagine that kind of like situation. It's like, what do you even do? Yeah, so they're like, there's limited like spots. Like maybe one hospital might open up only nine or ten spots because that's what they can afford. You right. get me? So because it's so like there's, I guess, um, a scarcity of, of spots. You know, it's kind of harder because you're competing with American students. You're mm-hmm. also competing, like, you're competing with American students as an international graduate. Basically, that's what we're classified as um, to get the same spot. So um, because of that, your scores have to be, like, A1. You can't be playing around and messing around and stuff like that because you're competing against them. And that's what you always have to keep in the back of your mind that, you know, you're competing for these rare spots to get into, you know. So... That's just the unfortunate thing with going to the islands. <laughs> but besides that, you know, I feel like the islands does build you because you don't have the resources, you know, as everybody else. You just have to really fight for what you can. Um, with going to um, my clinical rotations when I came to America, I've been jumping from Miami to New York yeah. to Atlanta. Right now I'm in Ohio, you know, back to New York back to Georgia to Maryland like it's crazy but and is that just because you did it the international way yeah so I mean because like you know like usually um say for instance there's a 
a school in Ohio, right? They would mm-hmm. have a lot of connections with other hospitals that are in Ohio and the Ohio area. But because we're not international students, we're just out of the country, you know, we can only go to places that our school has partnership with. So that's another thing you have to look into mm-hmm. when choosing is like, where does your school have partnerships with? And then not every hospital that you do a rotation at will qualify. Like say for, I know like Texas is one of the states that is very picky when they get a uh, international, I guess, graduates. So, like, some rotations don't even count towards, um, I guess, how can I say this? Like, some rotations don't count towards a degree in, t- wow. in like, the text I. So, you have to really make sure that your school would allow you to practice in certain states when you're also picking a Caribbean school. So, how does um, that work with you going from state to state? Are they, like, giving you a schedule so you know ahead of time, like, okay, I'm going to be you know, for example, in Atlanta for this long, then I'm going to be in New York for this long. Like, how does that work? Because when I'm watching you and we'll be talking and then I'm finding out, oh, well, I'm in New York right now. And then when you were in New York for that time and then I found out, oh, I think we were texting one day. And you were like, yeah, we just moved to Ohio. I was like, hold up, what? <laughs> like, how does yeah. that even work? Because I'm, I'm imagining it. Like, even though, yes, you can say, yeah, Beverly, well, you travel too, but I don't travel like that. Like, it's not <laughs> like I'm moving. You're moving your whole life from one state to the next, I'm just like, how is that working for y'all? Yeah, so, um, it just depends, like, I feel like, like, every year, the, the hospital, like, every, I guess, six months, or every year, hospitals will update the school and say, okay, I'm gonna renew my contract with you, or I'm not gonna renew my contract, so, like, at first, like, at first, we had a contract in Georgia, um, but, while I was there, I was supposed to be finishing all my rotation, the majority of my rotations in Georgia, but then when we lost that contract, they were like, oops, we have to reschedule you. So then I had to start moving all around the world, you know, to get those spots in order to um, be able to finish my, um, you know, rotations in time, you know, to match and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. I mean, but I am grateful because I'm at one of the few hospitals that still has rotations going on thankfully, because then I'll be able to still, by the grace of God, you know, apply and stuff like that on time. Wow, girl, you are doing the damn thing. I'm just like, I, I really, I really can't imagine, like, just having to up and move everything. I know, it's not easy. Ooh, it's not. And then with a whole baby, that's, oof. I know, girl. Oh, like, I wish I could travel this much when I was one years old. No, for <laughs> real. Like, <laughs> for real. And then they won't even remember it. And it's like, they'll be talking once they're older. They're like, oh, I've never been here. It's like, you have. You, <laughs> right. you just don't know. <laughs> exactly. Sheesh. So how how is it? Like, you know, just just being a mom and then raising your son and being a whole wife, like, that's uh, that's one aspect I can't really relate to. Like, I can't sit here and be like, oh, I'm a wife. That's a whole different, you know, responsibility in itself. So how is that? Um, I mean, I feel like it's, it's good. I just feel like um, it's all about, like, communication and working together. I feel like mainly um, voicing your opinion and your husband um, being able to, or a partner being able to, um understand and you just everybody working together basically and understanding the goal and the mission you know um i feel like understanding is like the big thing understanding and working together like teamwork um i say that because like you know 
unfortunate things happen, right? Like, this, and not everything in life is planned, but, like, being able to be, you know, adjustable and, you know, I feel like inflexible, basically, I feel like that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, my husband, um, he does, like, IT stuff, so he's able to um, work from home, mm-hmm. you know, so that's a blessing because I can't be paying for no... Uh, daycare fees what eight hundred dollars a thousand who got that kind of money exactly (laughs) you see what we're saying it's not easy being a mother (laughs) girl like why people are like because i feel like people be like because people like the thing is okay life is funny let me tell you because people that people want to like settle down and have a family Mm -hmm. and have a child but then they want to be able to travel i mean you travel actually yeah. in life a little bit. I travel, but, but I'm not married, though. That's why I said, like, you know, there's an aspect of my relationship that's not like yeah. a marriage. Although, yes, we live together. I feel like people have to understand that we're not married. Now, when we do get married, um, I feel like things won't change so much. But then again, I'm not married, so I don't know. I've heard stories. I've had, you know, counseling. We're now in, you know, couples counseling, and that's no. a blessing. I recommend that for everyone um, before no, you get married. Like, that's not a joke. Because people just be like, oh, you know, I'm so in love with this person. Let's get married. Look, that soul in love will not last you. It will not last. It will not last you forever. Love is great. Trust me. But love cannot hold on a relationship. So that is something that we take very seriously um, before we are, you know, going into getting married. Because, look, before the end of this year, I'll be a married woman by the grace of God. (laughs) By the grace of God. But I really admire you, like, to be able to just balance that because I do understand, you know, the complexities and the dynamics of being married. And then on top of that, you're married. Both of you have really great jobs, careers. You're in school, medical school trying to finish that and then you guys have a child so that's just a lot Priscilla just, <laughs> and then I'll just look at you I'm like but she's doing it like it's not girl, stressful girl yeah like it is a lot like um you know like trying to figure out like like during a weekend I'm trying to figure out okay what are we going to eat this week what is right. Elisha going to eat because Elisha can't eat everything exactly. you know so Figuring out what he's gonna eat, you know, making sure that he's actually having a balanced diet. You know, I'm I'm like buying a lot of fruits, scraping off the back of the fruits and putting them in the fridge and having them ready for him for the week. And you know, it's just a lot. And then like going grocery shopping and then, um, you know, waking up in the morning. In the morning, I make breakfast every morning. Mm-hmm. Every morning. So like make, waking up in the morning, making breakfast. Then, How was that? Know, like the first three months? Because you know, the first three months they don't sleep. So how was that, um, like, you know, balancing school and then having him wake up? I don't know. Like, I, for Ezra, Ezra didn't sleep. It took, like, six weeks for him to sleep, you know, for at least four hours straight because he was always eating. And I, I think, I guess, part of, part of that was because I was, you know, exclusively breastfeeding. So, you know, the density is a little different. Um, and he was just always eating, girl, and I was never sleeping. <laughs> I think Elisha started sleeping like a full night at six months. Girl, that's a long time. That is a long. That's time. a long time. <laughs> that is a very long time. Like to get to the six six month mark, that is, girl. girl. Yeah, he started. He started sleeping fully um, at six months. But you said Ezra started at three months. 
No, no, no. He started sleeping for at least four hours straight at three months. Now, Ezra didn't start sleeping a full night until... I really want to say until after he turned a year old. We never got a full night's rest. He was always waking up. Yeah. That's crazy. And that's after the fact that... Because once he turned six months, that's when I started giving him, you know, solid. So he wasn't just exclusively breastfeeding. So uh, it was it was a battle with that one. But then again, I think Ezra just has, you know, a, fi- a fighter spirit. <laughs> And he's very defiant, so I I don't know. Yeah, so I I would breastfeed. I breastfed like throughout the day, and mm-hmm. then um, he got bottle at night, like um, formula at night. So, um, yeah, girl, I would pump. I would pump my milk um, at my rotations, and then mm-hmm. I would put it in the fridge. Or sometimes I had like this little freezer that I put in my back. My back was so heavy because I would have like this little like frozen ice pack thing and yeah. like a little bird that I'll put in my backpack and like I don't miss those days. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, miss man. the the stress of like the the pumping part. I would I actually know. I preferred like feeding straight. Like just I having him put on like I think most mothers generally just like but there are some that it's like painful. But I hated having to lug like all of my stuff as well like just to pump and then the stress of uh-huh. mine was with school like having to talk to school of- officials of where I can pump and telling them, you know, oh, I'm not no. using a bathroom because you people have me messed up. <laughs> I know, that's gross. Like, it's, it's, it's tricky. It is. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was rough. I always say, like, the first three to six months is just a mess. I mean, sorry, one to six. Like, the first three months, he had a lot of colic. Mm. Like, where, like, the tummy is, like, yes. Bothering them, like a lot of gas build up and all that crap. It was just a mess because he was crying constantly. Like I never drank coffee in my life until I had a child. Like that's how yeah, bad it was. Facts. Like I was like living <laughs> on coffee. Like I, girl, it was it was hard. It was hard. I think that was my diet. That's why, like, I lost so much. Was I was drinking a lot of coffee and then water. Like, yeah. Yeah, I would go days without like really eating something. Like I would just snack here and there because you don't have time. Yeah, you don't have time. You don't have time. And then I think just, like, adrenaline is really what we're living on <laughs> for for a while. It's really adrenaline because you know you have all these things to do, and you don't have time to just sit down and be like, okay, let me have breakfast, let me have lunch, let me have dinner. It's like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> exactly. And, like, sometimes I remember, like, my, my mother-in-law was here for some time with me at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was just like, eat, eat, eat. I'm yep. like, no, I don't have time. Yep. I don't have time for that. I felt I felt bad because yeah I felt bad because like my mom she's the one who came, um, and she would meal prep food. Yeah, so she was there with me for two weeks and she would meal prep food and you know tell me to eat eat eat, and girl I just didn't have time like your focus like if you're not in school or like for you if you're not at the hospital your focus is on your child like that's your focus. It's like on your child, and even when you have help, it's like, okay, this person's helping my child, but, you know, I got to go pump at this time. If I'm pumping, I need to be reading at the same time. It's just, it's a lot of, there's just a lot that goes into being a mom. It's it's really not something that you want to joke with. Um, I definitely understand people who are just, you know, ready to be a mom, but I'm like, you really, you really need to think. (laughs) I'm all for it. Like, I love it. Don't, don't, don't get us wrong. Like, we, we don't hate it. We love it. It's great. It's definitely made us stronger. I definitely feel like, girl, I didn't know that I was this strong. Like, I knew I was strong, 
But my strength is like out of this world. And it's funny because I remember I was in a class one time and this girl was telling me, it was while I was pregnant. Um, I don't remember what we were talking about, but she made a comment and she was like, oh, I'm not going to mess with you because I heard pregnant women and mothers are like really abnormally strong. I believe it. I really believe it because there were things that I used to like just opening regular like jam jars was a struggle for me and I would like I remember I would give it to my brother to open or something but ma'am like the way I would just open things easily and there was a there was a time period where I didn't even like know my own strength and it used to scare me I'd be like where did this come from but it's true though Yeah. Oh, like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they said it's a You're not washing bottles. You're changing diapers. You're not changing diapers. You're washing clothes. You're not washing clothes. You're buying pampers. You're not buying pampers. Yes. It's just one thing. You're cooking food for them. And what's funny is that the nurses and doctors and hell, everybody will tell you, sleep when the baby sleeps. How? <laughs> it's no, like, How? Especially when you're in school, because when exactly. you're in school, when the baby sleeps, you study. Honey. That's study time. <laughs> and if I'm not studying, like, I'm doing everything you just mentioned, the laundry, you know, making sure my house exactly. is not, you know, in shambles. Like, it's it's a lot, you guys. But, I mean, that's just the things that I feel like people need to think about um, for Mother's Day. Like, it's not just, you know, raising the child. There's a lot of, you know, background that goes into you know, just raising a child, um, making sure the house is okay, her career, um, her marriage, like all, there's just, there's just a lot. And then just her being her, like, just think about it. What time, I, I can't think about the last time that my mom actually took a day for herself. Like, I feel like we have to force her and it's always like around Mother's Day or her birthday. And it's like, okay, you have a spa day here. You need to go get your nails done here. Like, I never really saw that a lot with my mom where she would just take a day to herself and be like, all right, you know, your dad has this or, you know, I'm going to have you guys go to this auntie's house or whatever. Like it was never for herself. It was always for her family. And I was just be like, wow. Like I never yeah. understood it until I myself became a mother. I'm like, okay. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like you can talk to people as much as you can, advise them as much as you can, but it's until they're in it that they really exactly. realize. Like, yeah, it doesn't, it hits different when you're, like, in the shoes. It's like, what's the saying, like, when you're uh, from the inside looking out, you won't understand it, or you can't explain it, or from the outside looking in, whatever that saying is, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know I can't get it together today, but that, like, it, it highly applies to just motherhood, like, and it's a lot... And then I have friends now that are pregnant and, you know, asking me for advice on this, that, and the third. And, you know, a lot of the advice is, like, for after the baby's here, I'm like, just worry about the pregnancy for right now. Like, I don't want to stress you out too much and, you know, tell you this, that, and the third that only applies to once the baby is here. Like, I feel like people have to enjoy their pregnancy, like, for real, because even though I didn't have, you know, the morning sickness and stuff, I can't say that my pregnancy, I didn't, I did not enjoy it. It was not a joyful pregnancy for me. Um, and that was really just because of, like, external factors um, in my environment. But I really always want, like, mothers to enjoy their pregnancy, especially if you plan to have, you know, like, different children. 
or, you know, or not different children or more children. Because I don't know, like, for when I talk to my mom, I always want to ask her, you know, how was I when I was a baby? And usually it's like trying to compare myself to like things that Ezra is doing. And I'm like, where does he get this from? He either gets this from me or he gets this from his father. So I'll go to my mom and I'm like, okay, was I like this? And <laughs> like, that's just how I operate. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I feel like Elisha is definitely like his daddy. Definitely, like Elisha. Yeah, Elisha is funny. Like I'll watch his videos and I'm like, oh, he is so funny. <laughs> and he doesn't like to give you rest. He's just like, all right, so you're on the computer. All right, I'm on the computer. <laughs> right, girl. That is motherhood for you. It is, but it's it's like it's sweet. Like I love it. Yeah, it is. Like me, I I'm trying to imagine this journey any way else. Facts. You know? Facts. It was just inside, but I just feel like every day is it's something. Every day is like a movie. It's like there's always something. I'm never. There's no dull moment. There's no boring moment. Of course, but I'm not gonna sit here and say like there's no stress. But it's just every day. There's something like you're excited to to wake up every day and do something. Yeah. So it's it's a great life, you guys. Let us not scare you away from being a mother. Uh, I, I feel like some people are gonna be like, "Well, what about the fathers?" Well, today is Mother's Day. We're not talking about fathers. <laughs> when their day reaches, we'll get to that point. But we're not saying that is you know a walk in the park for fathers or that it's any easier for fathers. I would this today is just focused on mothers and mothers alone. Exactly. But what are some things you know that you feel? that you could have learned from your mom when you were younger or what are some things that she told you that pertain I guess to motherhood or you know marriage or just balancing balancing it all um <laughs> I mean for my mom um so like my mom is like really like my backbone supporter prayer warrior yes. African mom so I feel like, you know, she's always there to encourage me. And um, sometimes, like, I just feel so overwhelmed. Like, you know, when I have to, like, wake up. Like, right now I'm in surgery. And, like, um, when I have to wake up, like, 4 a.m. Like, I wake up, like, I think around, like, 3.30, 4 mm-hmm. about to, like, study. And then after that, I'll go tonight. I have to be at the hospital by 6, like, 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So, um you know, and then coming back, like, around 5 or 6, and then having to take care of Elisha, get in the shower, you know, fix it, like, you know, fix breakfast, fix dinner, and, you know, get everything situated, basically, before going to sleep, and then waking up, like, you know, after he sleeps, and I have to pray, and so we do family prayer, and then, like, you know, study again until, like, morning, like, so basically, I'm getting, like, maybe three or four hours of sleep every day, and so it kind of, like, stresses me out sometimes, and so she's just, like, you know, you have to stay strong, and she just basically tells me stay strong and don't complain, because I always be complaining about one thing or the other, but she's just, you know, she's always reminding me that, um, basically don't complain, because if you complain, then God's going to be upset about the blessing that, um, he gave you um, right. that testimony that basically he can do through you because I feel I definitely feel like you know God um, he wouldn't give you what you can't handle right yes. so like because he gave me a license right so I should be able to handle it and he is going to see me through like the way that he saw me through in the past like I have felt many exams like there you know like I don't know if you know but after every rotation you have to take an exam which is called like a shelf exam mm-hmm. and um 
that self exam is what you need to like pass that rotation. So like after you do, I don't know, peds, then you have to pass that. You have to take an exam and then pass it in order to move on, right? Yeah. So like there's been a, there's been times that like I just could not cope, like because it's just like I'm 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 extremely tired. I'm reading, but I'm not really retaining anything, and I just get so overwhelmed, you know, with trying to balance everything that I end up failing and then have to retake the exam again. And the way it is is that if you don't take the exam. Like, if you take the exam again and you don't pass, then, you know, basically you have to do the whole rotation all over again. And mm-hmm. I'm like, honey, who gonna start traveling up and down again to start, doing, to start redoing another rotation? And, like, you know, it's crazy. So, you know, like, after all that, like, she sees what I go through on a day-to-day basis. So she's always there to just encourage me and just remind me that, you know, God is in control and God gave you son so you just need to be grateful and just continue praising him through the storm and if you praise him through the storm he'll continue to see you through and he definitely has been seeing us through so that's facts no that's facts especially when um you said your mom was talking about complaining uh i just know from like my mom and just life in general like i i definitely vent but i vent generally to the same person or the same two people Um, just because you have to be careful when you complain, like you said, you know, don't complain about things that God has done for you in life, but also don't complain or vent to the wrong people because the devil is ready. And (laughs) if you are complaining and continuously venting about everything, you're giving the devil every opportunity, all the ammo to ruin you. And when I say falling into depression is a thing of the devil, it's really a thing of the devil. Because the kinds of thoughts that you will run through your head, you forget, like, everything that you should be grateful for. Now all you're focusing on is, you know, I haven't slept. I haven't yeah, had this. Like, you, fo- that's all you focus on is all the negative aspects of life. So it's very dangerous. Like, you should definitely vent, let it all out. But immediately after that, you need to get back up pray um like you were doing i i definitely believe prayer is really that like that's the answer for me um for a lot of stress like when i pray there's literally nothing in life that i have gone through or that i have wanted um or needed that i have prayed for that god hasn't done for me and he he over like he overdoes it like the thing that i'm asking for he will give me that and then some more and i'm just like oh so I just I just know like look no matter what happens in life and I tell people this all the time no matter what you're going through no matter what happens like if you pray about it and really just vent to God cry to God you know kneel down fast if you need to um cuz fasting does does work as well and that's really all you need like <laughs> because you can vent to like I can vent to my mom all day but if I haven't prayed for myself what am I doing? Like, I'm just wasting time. I'm, and I'm wasting my life. But mom... Yeah, because, no, go ahead. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> you can go ahead and I'll say something. No, I was just going to say, like, moms play, like, an important role. Like, not even just me being a mom. Like, having my mother in my life, like you were saying, it's, it's the same thing. If it was not for my mother's prayers, I would not be, I would not be where I am today. Like, my mom has been praying for me... Shoot, I mean, before I even reach this earth, I'm, I'm sure she has been praying for me, like, before she was ever even pregnant with me. She has been praying for me my entire existence. Um, she still prays for me till this day. 
She prays for my son till this day. You know, she'll give me, you know, holy oil for, <laughs> for Ezra. Make sure you guys are using this in your house. Um, I don't know about you, but my mom texts me like every morning. Every morning she, she'll text me, you know, how are y'all doing? I hope you guys have a blessed day. All that. She's always checking on, on us. So if it was not for my mother, I I guarantee you I would not be where I'm at today. I would be useless. <laughs> I would literally be useless. So, like, mothers are not a thing to play with. But what were you going to say? Girl, I forgot. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, just to add on to what you were saying, I mean, I, I definitely feel like, not really forgot, though, but, uh... <laughs> But yeah, like everything that you said was just like perfect, like spot on, because I feel like um, God is just awesome. Yeah, just, just want to put that in there. I didn't want this to be like a sermon or something like that. But Girl, yeah. our whole lives, our whole life is, is a sermon. <laughs> it's really a testimony. Yes. Like, I'm not even going to joke with that. Like, it's literally a whole testimony. Like, for you to go through everything that you've gone through and be where you are at today the same for me i'm just like no i i mean we can't hide it <laughs> it's literally like, it is what it is it's hard it's hard to talk about the struggle without mentioning god because he's just so good like he's just always providing every single time and oh yeah that's what i wanted to mention is that like sometimes you know it's hard to um, you know, I feel like the first, our first instinct is like, oh man, something bad just happened. Like, let me call my friend. Yes. Sometimes your friend, like what, what might come out of your friend's mouth might not even be what you expect or might pick you off or something like that. Or you might be asking your friend for advice, but it's like the exactly. person that you really need to be asking for advice is not it's tomorrow. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, and that's, knows- he knows what's tomorrow. Like your friend doesn't know, you know. So you know the the best person to go to is God. And sometimes you know it's like you pray. Like I've I've had these situations whereby I pray. It's like okay, like well I'm supposed to hear from God through like a dream or something because I'm not hearing nothing. But right. you never know. Like it might take time. And um, and sometimes God does use people. You know. Yeah, exactly. That's to to tell you what you need to hear. But the the thing is, the tricky part is. You have to be careful. Like when I was saying, you know, I go to the same, generally the same two people to vent. You have to be careful. Sometimes um, people will use their friend or their friends as, you know, their anchor, somebody that they can lean on and their advisor. And you start substituting that person in a place where God should be. And that that can be very dangerous because like we, I mean, it's clear in the Bible. God is a jealous God. Don't sit here and start, you know substituting him for a common human being because that's a big problem um so that's that's just you know an area a danger dangerous waters you do not want to flow into so just be very careful don't sit here and think you know your man is you know that god that counselor that you need that's that's not their role um and not saying that you know somebody can't be you know placed in your life at that moment um or whatever the words it is that that, that's not coming from god it's very possible that does happen but just be very careful that you're not you know idolizing that person basically that's what you're doing exactly yep you're right but what if let's say your mom is listening to this podcast right now what would you like to say to her I would like to say thank you so much for always being there, always being supportive in every step that I make. You know, I would say I love you, but the last time I said I love you, she said okay. I was like, oh, I'm not saying that again. 
<laughs> that is such typical. Like, that is such a typical Nigerian. I was like, Halisha, I will never say. If you tell me I love you, I will say I love you too, and I'll kiss all of your face. But <laughs> I will never be like my mom. I said my mom was traveling to Nigeria. I was like, okay, say to like, oh, about to board my flight to Nigeria. I was like, okay, no problem. Uh, uh, safe, safe journey. I love you. She said, okay. Oh <laughs> I will never forget that day. I was like, okay. I feel like Nigerian parents just feel like they always have to have that hardened shell all the time. Like, we know they love us, obviously, because they put up with all our nonsense. But exactly. it's just like, uh-uh, just a simple I love you, too. <laughs> I always took that from my dad, maybe, but not my mom. Come on. Oh, I'm the opposite. I actually hear <laughs> I love you from my mom more than I don't think I've ever heard I love you from my dad. I really don't remember <laughs> It probably has happened in my life, but it probably was when I was, like, an infant. So, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's a pride thing or what. But I was like, look. It's I'm definitely. Gonna I think I'm going to talk to my kids about sex. I'm going to talk to my kids about love. Facts. I'm gonna talk to my kids about everything. That's fast. And I feel like the, the reason why we're saying that, I think one aspect is because I guess we were raised here. I really think it's because we were raised in the United States. Mm-hmm. And we see the things, like... One, it's like we're raising, you know, because it would have been different in Nigeria. Of course, everybody and their parents, they act the same. But when you're in the United States and you're a Nigerian child and you see your, you know, your friends from school and their parents are saying, I love you back. You know, they're doing all this and hugging and all of that. Um, you're comparing that and you're, you're able to see that difference and that dynamic. You're like, oh, wait, I want that. So, of course, we can say, yes, this is what we want to do with our children because we were able to see that often, you know, that different dynamic. So... Yeah, it's definitely the same thing. I feel like me and my mom, we don't really say I love you all the time like that. Um, but I definitely can say I love you to my mom and then she'll say it back. Um, love you, mom, if you're listening to this. She Actually, she always, she listens to every single one of my episodes. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, and it's scary because there's been a couple of episodes and I'm just like, wow, my mom is going to. <laughs> she was like, I, like, in my mind, I'm just like, she. If I was younger doing this podcast and, you know, just being open as I am now, my mom would have flogged me a long time ago. I would I would have been shipped back to Nigeria. Not even like... Exactly. She would have... Not even back to Lagos. She would have shipped me back to the village. <laughs> this girl... For real. This girl is mad. I'm just like, girl, nah. And I really hope my dad never listens to any of my episodes because... <laughs> Solo, <Like, laughs> Well, hey, auntie, if you're listening. You know, shout out, no, shout out to our moms for real because that's the thing. Like, grandmothers are very important. Um, I don't think, not not even I don't think, I could not be a great mom or, you know, even a decent mother, whatever you want to classify it as. I could not be the mother that I am without my mom. Like, my mom was, who she's a rock of our, like, she's a rock of our family, period, point blank, period. Like, if it wasn't for her, this, my family would be in shambles. Um... She's also the reason, like, why me and my siblings are able to be as successful as we are. Because, girl, mothers, they reign supreme for real. I don't know how they do it. I mean, we can understand a little bit, but, like, for my mom, because she had five kids, I'm just like, I don't know why. I don't even, like, in my mind, I'm just like, why would you do that to yourself? (laughs) I don't want that many kids. You said what? I just realized it's five of y'all. Yeah, it's five of us. I don't ever want to have that many children because I know what it takes to just raise one. I'm like, there's no way. Uh, if I was to say that, my mom would be a shut up your mouth. 
No, my mom doesn't say that. She's just like, mm-mm, mm-mm. You'll have as many kids as God wants you to have. I'm just like, no, I'm stopping at three, you know? Like, <laughs> I can't do it. I just, I can't. It's just a lot. Like, more power to the moms out there. You know, whether you have one child or ten children, you know, shout out to you because just you. Like, me yeah. just having one, it's like, ah, you know, Every day. I feel like people. I feel like people that come from a bigger family want a like like a small amount of kids, and if people that come from like you know a small family, they want like a lot of kids. That's, I always, yeah, I, I mean, just with us talking because it's two of y'all, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. Just with us talking, it's like okay, I come from a big family, you come from a smaller family, yeah. It's a little different, but Dex comes from. I mean, it's it's four in his family, and he wants like a lot of kids. There was a time where he wanted seven. He still low key would like seven kids or more, but he knows who he's who he's chosen <laughs> as a life partner. So it's not happening. It's not happening, bro. Like no way. Unless unless God blesses you with triplet triplets. Oh no, we already have a plan. We already have a plan. After and it makes a seven. <laughs> Girl, the kind of faint that I would like, I will faint. I will faint. (laughs) I will faint. And then that's kind of like, um, I was talking to you about Little Fires. I know you haven't, you haven't watched it, but girl, watch that show because it it really speaks a lot to motherhood and just the stress of, I mean, the, the, the two main characters that are mothers, but they're raising daughters, but just me being a daughter, like to my mom, I can definitely see like you know, the issues that they have. Um, girl, the show is wild. It's wild, but it's very... It's relatable in certain aspects, so I highly recommend it. It's on Hulu. Um, those of y'all listening, definitely check out Little Fires Everywhere. It's really... It's emotional, girl. I was crying, like, from episode one. I was just like, dang. Yeah. I'll probably... I'll probably I don't know if it's watching me to start it this night, but, um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll look into it. Girl, check it out. And thank you so much for, you know, opening up and even indulging my crazy and being on this podcast. (laughs) No problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. And you guys, that is all for today. Um, I will see y'all next week. Definitely send in your questions again at theofficialmilfs at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter, (laughs) the MILFs Podcast. Um, I've also had a lot of questions asking, you know, how do I find it on Spotify? You have to type in the dot. So it's m.i.l.f.s. Spell out Mills with the dots in between. Um, what else? Please keep sending your ratings and your reviews to Apple Podcasts because that's great. I need to see those stars, y'all. And I'll see y'all next week. <laughs>